Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name is Tim, and it's good to have you with us. If this is your first time here, uh, we're really glad that you could be here. And if you've come back, uh, wow, thanks for coming back. Um, good, good to be together. It's great to be together. Hope you've got a bulletin. There's a lot of stuff in the bulletin. Don't want you to miss any of that. There's a lot of things coming up. And um, just look it over real good, because in that bulletin you see a communication card as well as a set of notes. We're going to be going through those notes uh, in this lesson. Hopefully you'll take those notes home. Look at what I've got to say. You can listen to this sermon again online at greateraltchurch.com. Uh, Tom puts that on there. It's in a podcast form. And uh, as well as um, you can get a free CD if you're a first-time guest or buy a CD if you're an attender or a member at our Welcome Center to see Megan, and she'll set you up. It's good to be together. Um, you know, I'm, I've been in a whole week of mourning. Um, uh, uh, the pack is back in Green Bay. Yeah, I know that. I know that uh, some of you are just enjoying it. So, because uh, you've been watching your team set around long, longer than mine, but that's just—I understand. Wow! Whoa! Ooh. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you, some of you have got new coaches. That's great. Um, we're going to go with what we got. Once again, uh, it's good to be w- again together. And uh, Super Bowl's next week. I hope you guys uh, find a, a party to go to. Make it purposeful. Bring some friends and, and have a great time. Um, and let's watch, uh, let's watch the, the guys that play by the rules win the game. That's all I want to say. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's hope I don't inflate the uh, lesson today. All right, anyway, uh, i got to stop. We're in a series of lessons called uh, Who Do You Say I Am? And uh, in this, in this uh, series, we're just sitting back and looking at who is Jesus really about? I know all of us, if you've got some religious background, you might even have an idea of who you think Jesus is. Uh, I, I understand that. And, and maybe traditionally you've got a picture of who Christ looks like. He might be white to you or black to you, or he might be another, another ethnic group, or maybe you don't cover that at all. Uh, he might be a certain height, a certain color of eyes. Uh, you know him as somebody who's done something really sweet to people, and he's a, a nice, lily-white, sweet, humble. You know, and some of you might have this idea, no, he's a little tougher than that. I remember, remember hearing that story where you drove out the money changers in the temple. But regardless of the view you have, uh, it's good for us to look again and again at who Jesus Christ is. You know, um, in this series, it's come from a, uh, we've got this series from a passage found here up on the screen uh, we've been looking at. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 10. And if you remember, Jesus was asking his disciples. He he isn't asking non-believers. He's asking believers. He's asking people who claim to follow Christ. Who do you think people are? Say I am, and and of course everybody had a different idea. Uh, in this room, there are different ideas of Jesus, and so he's asking these guys, and they're saying, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, some say Elijah, or maybe one of the prophets. And then he asks this question, well, who do you think I am? Who do you say I am? And he says, well, you're the Peter says you're the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and and that that question is. It's so important because he asks you and I that question every day. 
You say, how's that, Tim? Well, whenever, whatever you're going into, whatever situation you're in, and you wonder what to do, that question should be in, in the forefront. Well, who do I believe Jesus to be? If I'm in trouble, who do I believe Jesus to be? If I'm confused, who do I believe Jesus to be? If I'm blessed, who do I believe Jesus to be? See, what you think of Jesus is, and what you decide about Jesus is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And so that's why we're looking at this idea. Yes, our theme is Him, here in me, but we're, we're focusing on Jesus so we can become like Him. That's the goal, to become like Him. But if I don't have a clue who Jesus is, or if I have a, a, a lopsided view of Jesus, that's what I'm going to become. So we're looking at all these different names of Christ. I was looking on my smartphone, uh, just typed in names of Jesus. There's over 300 different names on, for Christ. So we're going to be in this series for a good uh, four years. How many years? I don't know. No. But, but we're going to, there's all kinds of names associated with Christ. Names that people give in the world, names, religious names, and even Jesus claimed he called himself by certain names. And I want to pay attention to one of them. One of those names he calls himself today, this idea of a bright morning star. Before we look at that, look, look what Paul says in Ephesians 1, not Ephesians 5, but Ephesians 1. He says this to the church, to the Christians. And look what he prays for. Look what his goal is. He says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I think the NIV says, so you might know him better. And then he says, I pray that in your hearts, your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given those he's called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is a prayer that, that Paul prays for the Christian, for the disciple. Now back it up one, back it up one slide, Pat, can you? And look at I want you to see this part where it says to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. And then it, then he says, I pray that your hearts, catch this, your hearts will be flooded with light. I think the NIV says, I pray that your hearts will be enlightened. You know, this word that's used behind this idea of flooded with light or enlightened is the word fotizo. What a name. Fotizo. Or what a word. What does that mean? It means to flood, to give light to, to bring lots of light, a growing light into for you, for you to be able to see something and understand something. You know, I go to the dentist. One of the things I notice, they sit me back in that chair, and they lean me back. they got this crazy-looking light, right? And you're looking at it, and you're going... And you can, sometimes you can see the reflection of your mouth and what he's doing. I'm curious. You know, I wish they put a mirror so I could see. What, what do you, well, don't, don't touch that tooth, you know. But, but I notice that I have in my shop, if I'm working on a car, I've got this thing called a trouble light. And... To be honest with you, I think sometimes light, those kind of lights make more trouble. They're always shining in my face, no matter which way I face it. But I need that extra light so I can see what I'm working on. This is the kind of imagery here we see. There's a brightness, a bright light to it. TVs are now brighter. You can put on my TV, my flat screen at home, I can put, uh, change the picture, movies, sports, and it says brilliance. 
And I put it on that and boom, wow, it's so bright. It's so clear. I can see everything in detail. This is the picture here that, that Paul is trying to say, I want the Christian to know, I want the Christian to have this ever-increasing light in their life. And I want you to know that's the goal of this series. That you understand who Jesus is better than you ever have before. Why? Because it's the, how you think and what you think of Jesus is the most, and what you decide is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And so Paul is praying for this, and I'm praying for this, and Gary's praying for this, Alan's praying for this. We're praying that this church will really catch hold of who is Jesus really about and be able to say when someone says, who do you say Jesus is? I'll tell you who he is. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a man. He is the son of the living God. And I bring that concept into everything I do and everything, every situation I'm in, and it makes a big, big difference. And I'm not just content with knowing He's my Savior and my Redeemer and my King. I want to know the other 322 names. I want to know everything about Jesus Christ. Like Paul said, I want to know Christ. He's meaning I want to know Him inside and out. But this idea of flooded with light made me think about this, this name that's associated with Jesus that many of us, including myself, don't really think about it much. And that's this idea of a bright and morning star. What is that? I mean, I remember singing a song, He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. I'm like, what was I singing and what did that mean? He's my bright and morning star. Is he your bright and morning star? What is that all about? I've listened to so many sermons, read so many sermons. I've searched uh, commentaries. I exhausted my library trying to get to the bottom of this. Because if he's to be our bright and morning star, I want him to be mine. And I want him to be yours. It says here, look at this passage here. The first reference that I can find of a star is found in Numbers 24. Now, every Christian, every Christian, I say every with a lowercase e, because I didn't look at everyone, everyone I could find, and every Jewish scholar all believe that this is a messianic prophecy. What do you mean by messianic? About the Messiah, about Jesus. Yes, it has some fulfillment in the life of David, because out of Jacob came King David. And some people say, well, it could be King David. But everybody across the board says there's no doubt that this is about Jesus Christ, that he is a star. That's coming. Not right now, it says, during the time of, of, of this was written. Not at this time. Not soon. But he's coming. And, and, and here's, let, me, let me show you another passage here to kind of connect it. This is in Revelation 22. And it's on your notes. And look what it says here. I, Jesus, after Jesus spends the whole book talking about what's going to happen to the Christians, that's going to happen with Roman persecution and all the things, that's going to, all the hardship they're going to go through, He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this witness for the churches. And then he says, I am the root and the son of David. What's he saying there? Well, I'm before David and I'm after David. Alpha, Omega is what he's alluding to there. I'm kind of like David, but let me tell you who I really am. I am the bright morning star. He says, I want to tell you who I think I am. And you need to believe, I'm the bright and morning star. And he says this to a church, says this to churches, and he says this to a, in a time when a church is going to go through some tough stuff. He says, I want you to remember, I'm the bright and morning 
star. What is the bright morning star? So what, what's this all about? Well, I know this. I know this for sure, that the star is something promised to you and I, that Jesus was promised to you and I. And I've learned something, is that he's, he's promising something to me, and he's promising something to you by being this bright and morning star. And I just pray, I just pray this morning. I was back behind the partition and said, God, just help me help people. Just help me help people. That's all I want to do this morning. I'm not interested in yelling at anybody or shaming anybody or, or entertaining anybody. I just want to help you this morning. I found studying this helped me. It helped me so much understand that the bright and morning star promises you and I three wonderful truths. What are they, Tim? The first thing is the bright and morning star promises to guide me. The bright and morning star promises to guide you throughout life. If you were to look early in the morning and you look at the eastern uh, horizon just before sunrise, you're going to see the third brightest object in space that we can see with the naked eye. The third brightest. There's the sun, the moon, and then this, the morning star. It's really not a star. It's Venus. Isn't that interesting? It's Venus. It's Venus rotating around the sun. It's always rotating around the sun, always with the sun. And it, and it tells you when you see the morning star that sunrise is coming. It stands out like a sore thumb. In the evening, sometimes it turns into the evening star to tell you, hey, the sun is gone, but only for a while. It's coming back. The ancients called this star the queen of the sky or the day star. The Romans, get this, the Romans called it Lucifer. Huh? Called it Lucifer. What's Lucifer mean, Tim? It means light bringer or light bearer. In fact, I think there's a passage in Isaiah 14 that says something about Satan and calls him a morning star. And he's fell. And you think, isn't it ironic? Isn't it quite weird? Here is Satan called Lucifer, a Latin name for light bearer, and he promises to give you an eye light but he can't do it. He has no source of light. He is of the kingdom of darkness, but he promises light, promises meaning, promises pleasure that we associate. Oh, this is good. This is good. Like light, uh, but he doesn't deliver. He really doesn't deliver. Let me ask you this morning, could you use some guidance this morning? You know, sailors would use stars to navigate the oceans. They would find the Big Dipper and trace it to Polaris, the North Star, and there's where they would be able to get guidance. Well, how, but, but, but you know, Venus is a planet. The word planet comes from the word wanderer. It's, how can it guide me? It guides me. It has a message. And it tells me morning's coming. It tells me the night is ending. And so it does provide some sort of guidance in our life, even though it's a planet. It's probably one, if not the only planet,
that some people will use for guidance and navigation. Could you use some guidance this morning? You know, all of us at one time or another could use some direction, huh? Yeah. Man, I tell you, I, I, I've been, been around too long enough to know I, I lose my way often. I was going to say occasionally, but that would be a lie. Often. I need direction. What do I do? You know, uh, when you're young, who do I marry? Where do I live? What vocation will I choose? And sometimes I get, I'm more confused. I was more confused. I didn't know what to do. Sometimes I just didn't know what, okay, I'm married now and I have my first fight. What do I do? We're having a, what? You're pregnant. What am I going to do? I'm going to have a child now? I'm, a, I'm now a grandpa. What am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? There's these times, there's these moments where I don't know what to do. I've got to be honest with you. There are times with this church, I don't know what to do. People get themselves in things, I don't know what to do to help them. I need direction. I don't know how to feel sometimes. You ever felt like that or noticed that? I don't even know how to feel sometimes about something. What's the proper emotion for this? I've asked that. I've asked people before. I'll ask them, how should I feel about that? Why? Because I'm looking for some guidance and for some direction. Maybe there's an ethical challenge or a moral dilemma that you or I face, and we have to ask ourselves sometimes, what, what do I do now? Now that this has happened, how do I move forward? What do I do with somebody that's hurt me, disappointed me? What do I do when I've hurt someone or disappointed someone? What, where do I go? Could you use some guidance this morning? I wrestle with a choice. I don't know if I should do this or do this, Lord. Or I pray or I ask people. And I do. I find myself going, Lord, what do I do? Why do I go to God and ask Him what to do? It's because I need guidance. Left on my own, left on your own, we get ourselves in a mess. I had somebody last week say, have you really ever painted yourself into a corner? And I said, yes, I've done it twice. Once with somebody who helped, because they weren't paying attention and I wasn't paying attention to them. So left on our own, we can lose our way. We need something, a star to guide us. Where do you go to get direction? Let me encourage you to go to the morning star. Go to Jesus Christ to get your direction. Look at this passage in Second Peter. This is one of the three places, I think, that morning star is mentioned in relation to Christ. And this, there's only, only a, couple, a few verses that talk about this. And this is a passage many of you probably have memorized. But look what I found the, the Living Bible to be very uh, interesting. He says, So we have seen and proved that what the prophets said came true. You would do well to pay atten- close attention to everything they have written. For like lights shining in, uh, into dark corners, their words help us to understand many things that otherwise would be dark and difficult. But when you consider, look at this, when you consider the wonderful truth of the prophet's words, then the light will dawn in your souls. And Christ the morning star will shine in your hearts. It's an old bluegrass song. Morning's a-breaking in my soul. 
and for morning, to, for light to come into my heart, to be enlightened, to, to know what to do. The Bible says, Peter says, who saw the morning star with his own eyes, who saw Jesus with his own eyes, says, the Word of God you can count on because I saw what they were talking about. He's not, there's no theory here. See, that's how good the Word of God is, how solid it can be. It's eyewitnesses that put this together. This isn't theory. This isn't what I think. This is what I saw, Peter says. And you can be sure that when you, when you pay attention to it, it'll help you understand when it's dark, when it's difficult. And when you focus on the Word of God, it's like Christ, like Venus, coming up over the horizon, and you have light. Greater light is coming. Greater light is following. Greater revelation is following. You're going to realize and see things you've never seen before. I thought it was very interesting. I was, again, reading on my smartphone. I did a little little search on what's the brightest star. They've recently found they believe the brightest star so far in the universe. It's 10 million times brighter than our sun. 10 million times. And he suggests we ought to call it the Jesus star. Because it's the brightest. Now I've got to think about what is this idea of Christ's morning star will shine in your hearts. What's that mean? Because they already have Jesus. So what could it mean? And everybody I could find had difficulty with this passage. But they seem to conclude one idea. They had this in common. That the more I focus on the Word of God, the more hope of Christ and the more understanding of Christ gets in my life, gets in my mind. Talking to somebody this morning on the phone and she was telling me, I've just been, you know, the church needs hope, Tim. The church needs hope. And I said, why are you saying that? I don't know, I've been reading my Bible and I've been reading a lot this morning and all of a sudden I'm getting excited. Is that the connection that we desperately need here when we're discouraged? Is to get in the Word of God? When we get into the Word of God, which is true and sure, that we find hope burning brighter in our hearts? Absolutely. Is it dark where you are? How much of the Word of God? The Bible says somewhere in Psalms, in Psalms 119, I think 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my way. Are you focusing? Are you looking at the Scriptures? You know, this year we're, we're, we're recommending books to read. Book on Jesus. Recommending the Gospel of Luke to look into. Re- recommending a daily quiet time. How's it going? Listen to Gary Spurgeon last week tell me, Tim, I, 2014 was great. It was right on. Awesome. And I go, How was, why was it so good, Gary? He goes, I was in the Word. I was in the Word. I was taking advantage of any sunset class, Tim. I took advantage of any book you guys recommended. I want to know Christ is what he's saying. And what happens? The morning star, the the, the teachings of Jesus, the likeness of of him begins to shine brighter and brighter in the hearts of those who look at his word regularly. 
See, how do I know if I understand the Bible? Lights are getting brighter. Life is getting brighter. That's how I know if, if, if I'm understanding the Scriptures. Life gets brighter. I can't be discouraged very long. I can't be depressed very long because this book is full of hope. Look what it says in Isaiah 8.20 here on your, on your notes. Look to God's instructions and teachings, Isaiah says. Then he says, people who contradict his word are completely in the dark. Are you in the dark? Maybe you're going against the word of God. Maybe you're not even looking at it. Isaiah says, a prophet of God who understood this, who would prophesy about Jesus, says, look at the instructions and teach of God. Look at the morning star and see if it doesn't give you some guidance. I love this passage in Isaiah again, verse 50. found it very interesting. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? That person may walk in the dark and have no light. Then let him trust in the Lord. Let him depend on his God. But instead, some of you want to light your own fires. You want to make your own light. So go, walk in the light of your fires. Trust your own light to guide you. But this is what you'll receive from me. You'll lie down in a place of pain. You'll lie down, NIV says, in torment. You know, that those words were given to religious people, the Jews of, of that day. And you know what happens to the, to the Jews? They, according to Paul, they seek of right, a righteousness not of their own. They make their own light. They reject the morning star. And because of that, their city is destroyed in 70 A.D. Judaism is ob- almost obliterated. It was a place of pain. You say, I got light, Tim. Is it God's or is it your light? You've got your take on what things, how things ought to be. What's God's? What's God's take? That's the light we should pay attention to. And the bright and morning star promises to guide you whenever you look to it. You know, I think it's interesting to me that Venus will appear every morning to tell us every day the sun's coming. Whether I agree with Venus or not, whether I look to Venus or not, it's available to me. And many of you here know what I'm talking about. The Word of God is available to you like no other time in our, in our history. Internet, smartphone, I can, I can have it read to me by some guy from England, and then the Lord spoke unto Moses. I love it. I just say, Siri, connect me with that guy from England, you know. I don't understand what you're saying. You know, but I get to Bible Gateway and I listen to the Word of God. It's what a wonderful time. We should, we should, the Word of God should be so saturated in our hearts today than ever before. Is it? Can you say that? That you're paying attention to the Word of God like a light in a dark place? Because, guys, it's a dark world. We need light. Because if you do, the morning star will guide you. Here's the second thing. I notice. Second promise. The bright morning star promises an end to my darkness. Amen. Amen. The morning star tells us two things. And one of them is, darkness is about to end. The night is about over. Is there a spiritual application here, folks? Doesn't Jesus, isn't that what Jesus is about? He came to end darkness. He came came to end the dominion of darkness in our life. 
I think about a passage in Psalms 130, verse 6, and it's later, but that's okay. I, I thought of it now. I had it up here on the screen somewhere. I've lost my way. And one of the things I notice is it says that I look to you, Lord, like a watchman looks for the morning. More than a watchman looks for the morning. Yes, more than a watchman. You know, it's funny that the psalmist saying, Lord, I look to you more than a, a night watchman that's looking for the morning. Come to think of it, I really do. I really do. Why? What's, what, you know, you think about a watchman, and some of you guys have been night watchmen, and you know what I, you'd know more than I would, but what I understand about a night watchman or a sentry is they're usually working at night. They're usually going around, and they don't give them a, a weapon. They don't have a taser or a, they have a flashlight and one of those little clocks that you clock, and that's about, I mean, that's the ones I remember. And what do they do? They're walking through all these dark places, and they're just making sure everything is secure. And what does a night watchman, what's one of the thoughts a night watchman may have? Oh, man, I can't wait till this is over, because i got to go down this hall. you got to check this door. And what if one of the doors, click, opens, and it's dark? And so many times a night watchman, he, he, he would be, in Israel, would be on a wall looking over the city, or he'd be through the streets, and he'd be, and guys, it's in the dark where dangerous and bad things happen, right? You ever heard anybody say this? Man, they did that in broad daylight. What are they trying to say? They should have done that at night. They were so courageous, they did it during the daylight. That was something you should have done at night. And so here's, here he is, he's, he's looking at every dark corner, every dark crevice. He doesn't have any weapon. And so a popular thought of the watchman was, man, if I could just hold on and wait for the morning star, because if I see the morning star, I know that the night is about over. Guys, when you look to Jesus, your night is over. When you look to Jesus... Darkness can no longer have its way with you. You see, Jesus is coming, mark the end of the dominion of darkness. He says here in John 12, I have come into the world as a light, so that everyone who believes in me, what a promise, everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. Praise God, huh? The morning star, Jesus Christ says, I've come. I rise, I rise from the dead, I rise every day to tell you, you don't have to be in darkness anymore. You don't have to stay in darkness anymore. You can be out of the darkness right now. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 here in the message. Remember our message is not about ourselves. We're preaching Jesus Christ, the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners for Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness. Remember when when the earth was made, it was all dark, and he said, let there be light. He changed everything. He says here, God said, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ. All bright and beautiful. What's he saying? We learned more we learn to know Christ or God better and deeper and have enlightenment and insight when we looked to the morning star. And God lit it up with Jesus. 
Colossians 1, he says, For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us, and circle brought us, brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He's rescued us from the dominion, the overpowering dominion of sin, of danger, of despair, and brought us, transferred us, translated is what the King James, I believe, says. In other words, changed everything because darkness ended. Its power ended when Jesus came. I'm not one to say hallelujah a lot, but hallelujah. Stephen Leonard was a rifleman for um, a, a, a platoon. He led a platoon in Vietnam. And in 1971, he was setting up an ambush for the Viet Cong that were supposed to be coming. And they frequented this path. And so he and his men, just a few of them, snuck in through the jungle and began to get ready for and set an ambush. They put in Claymore mines and they had all their men strategically, he had all his men strategically placed and pointing down this path with the jungle at their back. So they were protected by the jungle and it's being able to conceal themselves. About two in the morning, he, he writes, we heard some rustling behind us, some twigs snapping, and then people speaking. It was a group of Vietnamese soldiers. They weren't in front of us. They were behind us. And it's pitch black. And all I could think was, oh my, we're pointed this way, and they're behind us. What do we do? If we turn around, the rustling will give away our position and we'll be massacred. And he said, thought to himself, I hope all the men will just be quiet and lay still. The rustling increased. Noise increased. And he said, sweat. And he prayed, God, get us to daylight. Please let this darkness end. Get us to the morning. Because if we can get to the morning, we'll be okay. And he tells everybody, finally, Venus appears. The sun begins to rise. And by the time the sun is up, all the enemy is gone and they're safe again. Are you in the dark? Has something got a hold of you? And and it's holding you in the darkness? Something you're thinking, something you're doing, some behavior, some stronghold. Your morning star promises to put that to an end. He promises to end that dominion of darkness over you. I thought about all the things that we do in the dark we would never do in the daylight. And Jesus says, look, Tim, I want to, I want to take that darkness away. Are you discouraged this morning? His darkness, it's dark clouds over you. And you're weighed by something. I'm telling you this morning, I'm challenging you this morning, look to the morning star. He doesn't want you to be in the dark anymore. He wants you to be in His light. I'm saying hold on a little longer. 
because the morning star is going to come again. And it's going to be daylight. Notice it says in Psalms 30 verse 5, One may experience sorrow during the night, but joy arrives in the morning. He's saying, like we sang, though sorrow may last through the night, his joy comes in the morning. And if you're going through some dark times right now, remember, morning is coming. How do you know that? How do I know that? Because Jesus Christ, like the morning star, reminds you and I that darkness is going to have its day. It will not last. The, second, uh, the third thing, I guess, is based on the second thing a morning star says. Not only does it tell you when night is over, it tells you when the day begins. So the bright morning star promises me a fresh start. Praise God. Praise God. Not only does it, again, the morning star mark the end of darkness, but it marks the beginning, the dawn of a new day. There's power in that. Great power in that when you stop and think about it. Years ago, the campus ministry was going to go to Florida for a uh, retreat in Pensacola. And they asked me, first time, they asked me, would you like to go, Tim? Florida? In, in January? Somebody's got to do it. Sure. Great. I'm looking at the weather map. It's saying it's 70 degrees down there. <laughs> when are we leaving? Well, we're going to leave this weekend. Oh, I can't wait. I'll take my truck. You can put your luggage in there and anything else you want. That's great. What, what time are we leaving? We're leaving like at 5 or at 6 in the morning? Oh, no, we're leaving at 9 o'clock at night. What? We're leaving at 9 o'clock at night. Did you say p.m.? Yeah. P.M. That made me pretty mad. Okay? I was like, P.M.? Are you crazy? Nine o'clock in the evening? Why can't we leave earlier? Because the campus students, you understand, Tim, but the campus students can't get off, you know. This, this retreat happens to be not during the break, and, and so they're going to have to go to school, and then we're going to all load up at the building. So meet us at nine o'clock. We're leaving, we're leaving nine o'clock sharp. The campus students are telling me this. We left at ten. We left at ten. I've already lived my day. And I've got a 12-hour drive in front of me. So here we go. Pull out. We get over here and we get on the road. And I've got two vans in front of me, a bunch of cars behind me. And it's 10 o'clock. I look over at Denise and she's, she's already asleep. <laughs> Honey, wake up, wake up. Why? Why? I'm tired. I got two people in the back seat of my pickup truck, and they love to talk. But I love to talk more because they fell asleep, too. I'm trying to get a conversation, and, I, and we go all the way down, down through Illinois. We go through Kentucky. We get through Tennessee. And then we get to that great state of Mississippi. That long state that probably goes past Cuba if you really saw where it went. <laughs> and you drive and drive. And what is it about Mississippi? They kind of remind me of Illinois roads. Click, 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 click. That's what, we had one of those highways. You've been, anybody know what I'm talking about? Click, 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 click. I'm going, I can't 
get his, oh, 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 look, here, Denise. I mean, everything's happening in the truck. Driving. We stop in Tennessee. One time, we, this is another campus, campus trip, and someone come in to some restaurant and was upset about their, can you, would you feed this to one of your kids, is what they said in Tennessee. And we're all sitting there going, and it was, the hamburger didn't even look like a hamburger. It was all messed up. Because people, vampires work that late, you know what I'm saying? They're, so here it is, midnight, we stop, and I'm drinking coffee, you know, soda, eating anything. It'll give me a buzz. I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to music too loud. And, you know, I'm moving like this. Boom, boom. People hitting their head trying to wake them up so we can talk. Oh, you're awake. I'm glad. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a long night. And you know, when you're doing, you stop four or five times because somebody has to go and then another person has to go and it's forever. We're going through Mississippi. And I'm like, I know it. I can't make it. I'm, I'm going to fall asleep. Why am I still doing this? I, I know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I am not going to make it. And, and, and I'm thinking, how am I going to get there? Fatigued, tired. And what is it about that time slot between two and four? That's the one. It's like the dark side of the moon, you know. I'm, there's where I'm at. And I'm like, <laughs> if I can just, and you know, I know this, it happened several times. I'd fall asleep and wake up, still on the road. Oh man, I'm not falling asleep again. <laughs> you know, I have three people in the truck. I got, I got to stay away. I'm trying all these things to motivate me. And then it hits me, man, if I could just make it. To the sunrise. And I'm like, man, I'm looking at my clock. And why does the clocks move slower when you're watching them, man? It's like, come on. And finally, I see Venus. And here comes the sunrise. And I'm not tired anymore. Now, I'm, 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 let me say, I'm not sleepy anymore. I'm tired. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're tired, but it's a good tired. You're not, you're, you're able to drive. Would you like, Denise wakes up. Would you like me to drive? No, I've got it now. I'm good. There's something just incredibly refreshing about the daylight. And Jesus brings daylight to your life. The morning star promises to bring on a new day. Look what Jesus, what it said about Jesus in Matthew 4. He was just walking around amongst the people, amongst the people. And this is what the Bible says. It says, this was to fulfill. He's just walking amongst us. And someone says, Matthew writes down, this was to fulfill something Isaiah said. And what did he say? The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land, uh, the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. A brand new day. A brand new start. Something better. Something richer. The psalmist David would say, God turns my darkness into light. And that's what he's supposed to do. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want you in darkness. He doesn't want me in darkness. He wants me in his will and his purpose. 
His love. In fact, in Lamentations 3, he says his love and his mercy still continue. They're fresh as the morning, is what it says here in Lamentations 3. As sure as the sunrise. Every day, every morning, when the morning star appears, it reminds you and I. Kind of like the rainbow reminds us of something God has said, a promise he has made. The morning star reminds you guys, reminds you and me, darkness is over, light is here. He brings the hope of his light. Guys, I, I want to say this as we're closing here. There's no better life than the Christian life. Because anything else is you're in the dark. Anywhere else you're stuck. I know some of you here, I know some of you are sitting here going, well, Tim, I feel stuck. How come I don't feel like I'm moving on? It's because you're not looking to the morning star. You're not depending on the morning star, on Jesus Christ. How do I know if I'm depending on Jesus? My life is getting brighter. That's how I know. My heart is getting filled with hope. And light is coming. Enlightenment is coming. The likeness of Jesus is developing in me. And I begin to shine, like Paul said to the Philippian church, like a star in the universe, just like Jesus. You see, He calls you out of darkness into a new day, into a fresh start, meaning you're going to start being something else. Look at this, Ephesians 5. In the past you were full of darkness, but now you're full of the light of the Lord. So live like children who belong to the light. This light produces every kind of goodness, right living, and truth. Try to learn what pleases the Lord. It used to be dark. It used to be dark. Now, when you follow Jesus, the lights have been turned on. And he says you live like you belong to the light. It changes the way you live. Guys, do you walk differently in the dark than you do in the light? Next time you go through, I go through my living room, and it's dark, and there's no moon, no stars, nothing out. The clouds are overcast. I'm walking like this through the living room. Now, why am I doing that? Because the little piggy that went wee, wee, wee all the way home had to go to the hospital a couple times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those guys down there don't like me. Watch what you're doing up there. I am. And I feel around and grow proud. But when I, I get my iPhone out and I hit that flashlight mode, you know, there's my dog melting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm walking around like, oh man, I got this, you know, I know where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? I know ex- I'm confident. No fear. No worries. Oh my. That's the difference light ought to have. See, the, the presence of fear and, and worry in our lives, you know what that tells me? When I have worry and fear in my life, i got some darkness. I'm in darkness right now. And I don't have to be. You mean, Tim, I can choose to be in light all the time. We do it all the time, guys. We just need to let God flip on the lights when it's dark. So you see where everything is. He, makes, he lights it for your path. 
That's what the great thing about being a Christian is. The more I study about Jesus, the more I learn about Jesus, the brighter it gets and I can walk through life confident. Uh, here's, a, here's another passage, Romans 13. This is an easy, easy to read version. And I like this one. It says, now is the time for you to wake up from your sleep. He's telling the Christians this. Your salvation is near now, is nearer now than, than when we first believed. The night is almost finished. The day is almost here. So we should stop doing whatever belongs to darkness. See the challenge of the morning star? You see how it challenges you and I? We're no longer to live in darkness, he says. Stop doing whatever belongs to darkness. We should live in a right way, like people who belong to the day. We should not have wild parties or be drunk. When do people do that most of the time? At night, yeah. We should not be involved in sexual sin or any kind of immoral behavior. When does that tend to happen? At night. We should, look at here, we should not cause arguments and trouble or be jealous. It's almost like he's now saying, look, it's obvious you don't want to do anything that's associated with, with, with darkness. And there's things that people do, obviously, when it's dark. But sometimes, when the lights are even on, I can darken things and gossip. I can darken, I can find some darkness and hide in some shadows. There's some shadows here in shame and guilt and feel like, oh, remember that progressive woman? You can't see me? Yes, we can. And then we wonder why we're frustrated sometimes as a Christian. Why am I, how come I just don't feel like, you know, my life's going anywhere? It's because I keep drawing, instead of the light, I'm going into the shadows and I'm doing dark things. I'm getting myself into dark things. I mean, He gives, us, gives you and I a fresh start so we don't have to be in darkness anymore, so we can always be in His will and His purpose. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, guys, we need to live like it's daylight. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. Live like it's daylight and not dark. Some of you are hanging around your head and walking around like it's dark all the time. Well, either you're, if you're in darkness, then that's a natural result. I would encourage you to get out of that and trust your Lord. Repent of whatever it is. Start believing in the positive. Not the glass half empty, half full thing, but who's holding the glass. Put your faith in that. But if you're in something that is just dimming the lights of God, turning the lights off, not only in your life, but in your family or in your friends, man, I want to encourage you. It's going to destroy you. Get out of it. Get out of it before it kills you, before it destroys you. I have a chart here, and I, I don't even know how, what to make of it. It just came to me. I didn't think it through very long, okay? I really didn't think it through. It might mean something to you differently than it does to me. But I'm just asking a simple question. Is it getting darker or brighter in my life? I mean, I, I could say put an X where you think you are now. But I guess I would just say, why don't, why don't you put an arrow facing darker, you know, within there? Maybe that's it. Some, just ask yourself, is it getting darker for me or is it getting brighter for me? And guys, if it's getting darker, why? Why is that happening? And if it's getting brighter, why? Why is that happening? 
Let me encourage you, if, if it's getting dark in your life, to look to the bright and morning star. You know, I keep pointing this way because that's the east and that's where the sun rises. To look, to look, and look for the light of God. How do I, what are you talking about, Tim? Maybe it's, I, I open up my Bible with somebody and get, and get more light in my life. Maybe it's I renounce the deeds of darkness, the things that I know, they're just get, they're turning the lights off, and I just step out of those for a minute and start towards something better, being a discipleship group or, or getting with other Christians or, or, or talking to somebody about my spiritual condition. Let me encourage you to use that in some way to help you identify where you are and where you want to go. Why is this so important? Let me show you this last verse. It's up on the screen. It's down in your notes. This is from Revelation. This is from Revelation chapter 2. And God makes a promise to you. Jesus makes a promise to you today. He says, To everyone who overcomes, who to the very end keeps on doing things that please me, I will give power over the nations. He'll empower your life, is what he's saying. If you will continue, if you'll turn to what he, do what he says, and hang in there, church, he's going to give you power in your life. You'll rule them with the rod of iron, just as my father gave me the authority to rule them. He goes on to say, they will be shattered like a pot of clay that is broken into tiny pieces. What's he saying there? He's saying, whatever you're facing can be overcome, can be defeated. And then he says this, just to remind you, he says, and by the way, I will give you the morning star. What does that mean, he'll give me the morning star? I thought I already had Jesus. Yeah, I think that's, I think it, that's true. So what could this possibly mean? Could it mean he's going to give me more understanding, more insight, more confidence, more hope? I don't know, maybe I, need, maybe I need to get the morning star on a regular basis. Is he your morning star this morning, I'm asking? Will you make him your morning star? Will you give him your attention? But not just your attention, but give him your life. There's a communication card in, the, in your bulletin. Here's a moment you can use to take advantage of this of this moment is there a decision you need to make maybe you need to admit I'm in the dark Tim it's been darker lately I need prayer to help me get out of the darkness and get into the light maybe it's I want a personal Bible study I want to know more I want to know more about this why don't you check a box that might be appropriate there we have a thing called FYI we're going to be launching in just a couple of months and it's about for your information about this church and maybe if you're interested more, what is this church about? FYI is going to be given, going to be offered, and and uh, just write on their card somewhere, you know, I'm interested in FYI, and we're keeping a list of people, and we'll give you a phone call and give you an email or a text, let you know when we're having it. May God bless you. May God, may you experience the light of God this week, because He is your morning star. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for what a lot of verses here. A lot of verses, Father.
you know, I pray that we'll be flooded with light. Some of us here, there's, there's some dark places. We have some dark places. And we, Father, I pray that you'll flood those dark places in our life with your light. Thank you, Father, for the guidance you provide. Lord, let us pay attention to your word. Help us understand what you've got to say because life is sometimes dark and difficult. So we pray we'll focus on it like a light shining in a dark corner. And Father, that because of that, your Son, that morning star will shine inside us, Father. Father, let us see that that, that the morning star, that your Son Jesus came to end darkness. And Lord, for many of us here, you have ended so much darkness. Thank you for that. We praise you for that. But Father, I know some of us here, we get caught up in darkness. We still get caught up and help us trust you. Let us return to you. Recommit our lives and dedicate our lives to you today. And let you show us your love, our sin, your cross, our, our confusion, Father, your answers. And Father, I pray this morning for some of us here, you'll fill our hearts with hope because you give each of us here, and you give people, especially without hope, an opportunity to have a fresh start. Father, I pray that you'll turn their darkness into light. And Father, let us live like we live in the daylight. Let this idea of your Son, Jesus, change the way we live, where we work, in our home, in our church. Change our marriages, change our families, change our hearts. And Father, we pray, I pray, Father, that everybody here, that you'll help them hang in there, Lord, and keep obeying you. And Father, give them more of your Son. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.